the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Envy is the attempt after jealousy to harm the thing that it is taking possession of. Envy is the rotten fruit of jealousy. Jealousy is something that dwells in all of our bosom. Envy is the fruit of it. Hi there, and welcome. This is Way of Grace, brought to you by your friends at Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stand, is making his way through a series called Arise, Move, and Go. Today, we're going to begin a study in Numbers chapter 12. You know, so often man wants to go against God's plans, and we think somehow that we can do a better job than God when it comes to our day-to-day living, right? And we can also fall victim to jealousy. They are all destructive, as Pastor Jesse points out here today on Way of Grace. You will turn back in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, we are on our obvious 28th reflection and consideration of the wilderness sojourn of the people of God, headed from Egypt to the promised land, and our overarching theme for the year is arise, move, and go. For those of you who understand that term, it has to do with being in sync with God, knowing when God is telling you to sit and be still and know that he is God, and then rising up and moving when he is Lord. His lordship is to drive you in a direction towards his will and his purpose in your life. His rule as God is to sit you still and show you how he can make a way out of no way. Sometimes you're going to be in trouble sitting still. At other times, you're going to be in trouble making your way to the promised land. But all the troubles are really designed to do is to build your relationship and walk with God. That really is what it is. And today we want to press into something that I think will come home readily, but I'm hoping to see our perspective broadened enough to comprehend God's larger will for our lives. The title is Arise, Move, and Go, Family Matters. You can look at that term in two ways. Family matters. It really does. And our world does not believe that. If it did, it would promote the family. If it did, it would honor the organic divinely structured, planned, and purposed utility of a man and a woman being the origin and grounds of the whole human race. If it believed that, it would support that structure. It does not. And so what we often find is that family does not matter. We can't always blame it on the government. 
Numbers chapter 12 highlights for us two people. The first time we meet Aaron, as you guys recall, he was silently, submissively serving at Moses' right hand. When God had called Moses out to deal with Pharaoh as his representative, Moses was struggling with leadership. And he said to God, I'm not the one. And God said, well, go get your brother Aaron. He can speak for you. But as far as we know, Aaron did not do any speaking when Moses was called to confront Pharaoh. Read your Bible, it's true. But what we should learn about Aaron is this. He was, for a season, a silent, submissive servant to his brother. A silent, submissive servant to his brothers. That is something for you and I to mark. It's not always your turn to speak. And it's not always right to be speaking. Sometimes the best testimony is just simply silently serving. This is really true. And so you and I saw how Aaron was just there with Moses. And out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, you bear testimony to the truth if you're men of character. And and this is remarkable for Aaron because Aaron is actually Moses' older brother. Okay, and so here Moses is being called by God, as we shall see in a moment, and his big brother is really second in command and really called to say nothing. We just learned that God said to Aaron and Miriam that Moses talked to God face to face. And so it wasn't like Moses wasn't competently capable of speaking to Pharaoh. He was the one who said The Lord said, let my people go. Now, I'm laying a foundation for you here for us to understand what we mean by family matters. We met Aaron submissively serving at the right hand of his little brother Moses as they oppose the tyrant. Good and well. The first time we meet Miriam, the second oldest, Aaron is first, Miriam is second, Moses is third. We meet Miriam celebrating with tambourines at the victory of God over the destruction of Egypt in Exodus chapter 15. Do y'all remember that? So you got Aaron silently serving in submission and you've got Miriam celebrating a victory that her two brothers, by the grace of God, facilitated by the power of God. All well and good as they come out of Egypt. But then it wasn't that far along in the journey, somewhere around three months. We're at 15, 16 months now into the wilderness sojourn, as you know, where Aaron shows us that he is this kind of weak, people-pleasing leader who is operating out of stints of what we might call neo-sort of postmodern irrationality. Moses said to Aaron, Aaron, what is this all about? And what did Aaron say? Well, we just threw this gold in the river and out came a God. Now, if that's not irrational, I don't know what is. So all of a sudden we have a peek into the character and flaw of Aaron, do we not? He's kind of like our politicians today, sticking his hand in his mouth and looking to see which way the wind blows. And then he's willing to go that way. All that to say is God saves sinners. You need to know that because probably some of us are no different than Aaron. And now we have Miriam after 
14 months of silence, opening her mouth in a kind of toxic femininity, wanting to play the race card with her little brother and do something that is so abhorrent to God that his intervention is a major lesson for you and me today as to what matters with God. You see, the people of God can get stupid enough to think that the only thing that matters is what matters to them. And this is what we're about to learn because to whom much is given, much is what? Right? And we're about to learn something about how leadership will quickly be dealt with by God when it acts a fool. And the account here for you and I have three major uh, points and then some sub points that I think will work for us. Under point number one, I want you to consider with me this proposition, the deep, damning delusion of jealousy. The deep, damning delusion of jealousy. So the word of the Lord is right in all of his works are done and true. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible says the words of the Lord are right words. They are pure. They're called wisdom and truth. And when we listen to them, God will teach us something. One of the reasons why people don't like the Bible is because it actually raises up a mirror on our character. And one of the fundamental strains, one of the fundamental strains that we have in our society is a propensity to jealousy and envy. One of the fundamental strains we have is a propensity to that. You and I need to know that. It's in our members. It's in our, it's in our makeup. It's in the legacy of humanity. So I want you to understand this as we deal with points number one under verse one and two. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who had, whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China. But it has a lot to do with it in this regard. What God is doing is allowing us to see how vain we can be, even in the midst of God's mission in our life, how distracted we can be by human propensities that have nothing to do with the grandeur of God's purpose in our life. How shallow we can be in a situation where God has promoted us to levels of dignity that most people will never be in. I am stating that Aaron, along with Miriam, is in the most prodigious position of human beings that could ever be. To be part of a movement, a destiny, a worldwide event, a lifelong historic event where they are part of the potential of a dynastic family to ruin it all by the pettiness pettiness of jealousy. Am I making some sense? Look at the look at the disproportionate largeness of their position over against now the emergence of what we would call super petty attitude, a kind of ghetto mentality that doesn't work anywhere on the planet. What in the world is Miriam doing rising up in the middle of an excursion where they are only a month out from possessing the promise, wanting to play the dozens and pull the race card on her little brother. I was thinking to myself, how long has it been that Miriam and Aaron have been struggling with who Moses is? Y'all gonna have to keep up with me because you know I'm always going somewhere. 
The word of the Lord is right. All of his works are done in truth. And the Bible makes it very clear that out of the heart proceeded all manner of evil. And the light of God's law is designed to help you and I see that if it wasn't for the grace of God, there go I. And it's really important for you to capture this because jealousy is a poisonous root that is covered over by all kinds of hyper sugary type of allure. Human beings love being jealous and jealousy is irrational. So as we work this through under point number one, the damning delusion of of jealousy, there's a number of things that we have to really take into account while we're thinking through this. The absurdity of jealousy. Have you ever thought about how absurd jealousy is, particularly for human beings who didn't begin this thing and won't end it? What I'm talking about is life and the world and you being in it. And you and I are a blip on the Richter scale of human experience. We didn't create the world. We don't sustain the world. We don't uphold the world. We don't maintain the world. We can't protect the world. We won't keep the world. We won't finish the world. Who in the world are you? But here we are rising up in such a way now that we are about to attack a major pillar and substratum of God's divine purpose. You see, what they're about to do is bring the whole thing down on the head of Moses. See, when you engage in audible sort of plays like this, this is an audible. This is an out of their mouth heard by everybody in all the tribes play of absolute ridicule and scorn of the man that God has used to lead them out. You're talking about bringing the whole house down. It always starts with scandal. It always starts with gossip. It always starts with a distortion of the facts. It always starts with a malevolence of intentionality. It always starts with a man or woman having a very creepy agenda of self-importance. See, the idea of jealousy, you and I must know, has its origins in the celestial realm. You and I must know that jealousy and envy, which are two sides of the same coin I'm going to unpack, has its origins in the angelic realm. Bible-believing Christians know that jealousy and envy started with the devil. You must know that. You must know that that creature made by God rose to arrogant heights of self-importance saying, I want to be like the Most High God. Take God's authority. Y'all keeping up with me. And this is why it's so dangerous for you and so dangerous for me to drink the elixir, the delusive elixir, of jealousy. It's a satanic root. It's a curse. And we know this because it showed up as early as Eve buying into the proposition of the devil that she can be like God. That was a reach of jealousy. You guys keeping up with me? And then it showed up again in their son Cain, who didn't like the fact that Abel had favor with God and his jealousy led to envy. And that envy led to the murder of Abel. And then we moved down the road just a little bit. And we saw this same hostility working in the life of the 11 brothers of Joseph. All because Joseph had had favor shown to him before God. Now they want to rise up in jealousy, turn in envy and slay their brother. And this moved on down the road to David. 
because David had brothers. And when God had called David to step in the gap because of their weak, whippy fear of Goliath, they wanted to push David to the side. That's why David said, when my mom and my daddy forsake me, the Lord will take me up. I'm getting ready to show you something here because this culminates in a very clear prophetic picture for those of us who know that the Bible is about Jesus. This is always about the destruction of the one person that God has called. His name is Jesus. He is our big brother. He is our savior. He is our master. He is the one mediator between God and man. And everybody that is not like him want to pull him down. And it's rooted in jealousy and envy. What is jealousy? May I help you? Jealousy is the rotten disposition of the soul. It's a rotten disposition of the soul that is seeking to possess and control and dominate something which it doesn't have a right to. I want you to capture that. Jealousy is the rottenness of the soul, is rooted in insecurity, is rooted in low self-esteem, it's rooted in a misperception of oneself. It can also be rooted in trauma. But jealousy is definitely the rottenness of the soul to want to unlawfully take what somebody else has to itself as if it has a right to do it. Or under the false assumption that in doing it, they have a better right to be in a position of being the object of affection and notoriety by everyone else than the person or the thing that they are seeking to take. Are you keeping up with me? So here's the definition. Here's the definition of it. The definition is really to prosecute something. The idea of jealousy is to prosecute, pursue a thing, to overtake it, to dominate it and control it. Envy is the attempt after jealousy to harm the thing that it is taking possession of. Envy is the rotten fruit of jealousy. Jealousy is something that dwells in all of our bosom. Envy is the fruit of it. Did that make some sense? Like jealousy is a consequence of, jealousy is a consequence of our having levels of insecurity in ourselves. And you know it internally, you want to be loved. You want to be noticed. You want to be, we see it in our kids, do we not? We see it in our kids. And so we recognize that they need to be approved of. They need to be affirmed. Do they not? Right. But you can't turn them into monsters by telling them lies. Like you can be anything that you want. You never tell your kids that. Never set your kids up for failure. Don't tell them they can do anything. God cannot even do anything. God can't lie. God can't fail. God can't change. God can't create something bigger than himself. There are things that we cannot do. All of us might rise to levels of success in our life where we achieve certain goals. But we will never be better than anyone else in everything that we do. We will always come short of that. Am I making some sense? So the notion of telling your children they can do anything is to create the potential of what I am calling here a malevolent narcissist who lives in an unreal world thinking that it should rise to heights that it will never, ever achieve at all. 
only to plummet into despair and then become the kind of sociopathic person that people that think that they should run the world do. This is really important for you and I to know. Now, having stated this before your hearing, wouldn't it be a plausible thought for you, for us to go, how long has Aaron and Miriam been thinking like this? Isn't that plausible? But like they didn't wake up thinking like that. They didn't, they didn't, it wasn't water in Sinai. Those, 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 those wadis in Sinai didn't have strange chemicals in it for Miriam and Aaron to wake up saying, you know what? We hate Moses. No. Under point number one, three quick subpoints. Let me help you capture them so we can go on. Let us understand that the goal of jealousy is to disorient reality. Here's the reality. Moses was called first. Did y'all get that? Is this just a fact of history? Moses was called first. Aaron wasn't called first. Miriam was not called first. Moses was called first. Let's just get the facts straight. Going to help you with this. It's very clear. And so far, what you so far with that, what you find is your Bible in your Bible. Whenever God is talking to Mary, uh, to Aaron, Moses, he uses Moses name first. Then he uses Aaron's name and then he uses Miriam's name. Did y'all get that? He goes, Moses, Aaron, Miriam. That is not their chronological order. That's their order of calling. Because God always exalts the humble and abases the proud. He always puts the second in charge and takes the first and makes him lower. He always lets the one that appears to be the most vulnerable and the most susceptible to be the one in the lead. Y'all got that? Like Adam is first, Jesus is second, but Jesus is really first. So God always does that. He'll take the last and make it first, and then he'll make the first to be the last. Now, this order of relationship carries a lot of significance, but first and foremost, it was simply something that Aaron and Miriam should have captured. So there was a season when God wasn't in their life. Is that true? And then God shows up. But guess who he shows up through? LeBron. Little Brock comes in with a message saying it's time to go. Did that make some sense? Now we have our drama of redemption, don't we? Because I can imagine Aaron saying, well, why didn't God call me first? And then here come Miriam, which is older than Moses too. Well, why didn't he call me first? That's what we get in verse two. So I want I want you to see this. This is Psalm 65, verse four. Moses was called first. This is what the psalmist says. I want you to capture this. Blessed is the what? Blessed is the man whom you choose, O God, and causes to approach unto you in order that he may dwell in your what? Did God call Moses on the backside of the wilderness in the burning bush? The Lord Jesus spoke out of that bush and said, Moses, Moses, Aaron and Miriam are nowhere to be found. God had called Moses first. Y'all got that? But in calling Moses, he's calling them too, just in the same way in which God called the Lord Jesus to be the redeemer of the world. All that are in Christ are called too, but Christ is first, is he not? Moses here is also first in this sense. So our outline says Moses was called first, but what? So were you. 
Y'all got that? So were you. Anyone that's in Christ Jesus is called right along with Christ. But make no mistake, you're not Jesus. You're not even close to Jesus. I mean, you might be close, but in a lot of ways, you're not close at all. We can accept that paradox, right? I'm not Jesus, but in a lot of ways I am. But in a whole lot of ways, I am not. Just accept it. That's what John the Baptist said. I am not the Christ. I confess and I deny not. I confess I am not the Christ. But he was the forerunner of the Christ. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here grace-bible.com is our website. Again, that's grace-bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.